and welcome back to another episode of Henry Weston's Old Mate the Podcast. I've got some turf talk. I've got Sam Greenhalsh joining me from the USA. Sam is a Brit, but he has been living and working in the US of A for quite a long time now. Before we get over and meet Sam and hear about his journey in turf, can you please just like, rate and review us? Uh, I've been looking at the analytics and the numbers are somewhere around... 50% people who are listening to the podcast are subscribing. We don't try and make any money from this podcast, but we do try and get the word out. Things like this episode might be useful to people. The more people subscribe, the more the algorithms work and get this out there. I'm wittering on, I'm wittering on. Sam, you're over there. I'm over here. Thank you for joining me, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well, Stu. How are you? I'm really well, mate. And, and like I say... Thanks again. I was lucky enough to have a day. I recorded with Dave Wilbur yesterday. So I feel like my, I don't know which time zone I'm living in at the moment. It's nearly nine <laughs> o'clock in the evening here. You've just finished your day on the golf course over there. Sam, you're in America and what this podcast is going to do, we're going to, we're going to hear about your journey in turf and how you ended up over there on what can only be described as one of the greatest golf courses in world golf, to be honest, mate. And we're going to learn all about that. And you did it via the, Ohio State Project, which many people listening to this will have heard of, but many people might not have. So we're going to get into the in intricacies of Ohio State and how you go about it, how you went about it. And we're towards the end of that chat, we will learn the goods, the bads and the uglies. There's a lot more goods than uglies. And the, the fact is, actually, Sam, what this podcast will progress to the fact that you're actually leaving the turf industry but not in a negative way this isn't a negative podcast you've decided you're going to go and do something else and we'll find out what that is as well but before we talk about Ohio State and the fact that you're over in the USA just give us a reasonably brief background of how you got into turf in the UK because that's where it all started Sam and for many people there's many different avenues to this i was a guy who ended up working on a golf course because i needed something to do for six months and 24 years later i'm still doing it other people move from the pro shop into it you know keen young golfers just tell us your tell us your journey into greenkeeping and then and then we can expand that to the ohio state and how you ended up at marion where you are now uh yeah so i got into the turf industry like probably like 10 or 11 years ago now, um, straight out of college. I was playing golf, um, taking it pretty seriously, playing golf a lot. So I was like, well, I'm at the golf course. Um, why don't you just get a summer job at, at, at the golf course doing doing greenkeeping? And, and then as soon as you finish finish work doing greenkeeping, then you can, you can practice golf and play golf and do whatever you need to do. Um, so that was that was the mindset getting into it, um, and it well, ten years later, I'm I'm still doing it. So uh, I kind of got sucked into it, um, and it's just I think it's the way that it is. I think um, I think a lot of people that play a lot play a lot of golf kind of fall into that, and then and then you slowly kind of. Um, start to dislike golf more and more because you're always at the golf course. We discussed that. Me and you me and you had a chat last week, didn't we? We didn't record last week. We we got to know each other and we we like to work out the direction certain podcasts are going to go. And I, I know we discussed that at length and probably 
the fact that yeah, I I I would probably play a lot more golf if I wasn't a greenkeeper. So, but it's yeah. I think there is yeah, playing golf to a reasonably high standard, like you suggested, and moving into the greenkeeping side of things. Uh, I don't want to say there's a crossover between playing golf and greenkeeping, but there is a certain amount of discipline needed, isn't there? To be a successful young golfer, you have to put the time in on the driving range. It is a lot of repetition. You need to, you know, wear those grooves out on the wedges, don't you? You need to wear the putting green out, you know, and then you get into turf management, even as a as a sort of an apprentice or, or a summer help, summer helper you soon learn that the industry does offer a certain amount of repetition in a sense and it does require a lot of dedication so sam you've yeah yeah details as well it it crosses over from from golf the detail in your swing to the detail on the golf course and there's a lot of crossovers like said exactly and you're now in a part of the world where i think I don't think I don't think the UK is moving towards the American way, if you will, but we are certainly becoming more aware. And I think social media has certainly made this more aware of the difference and the the the, the more detail that I think American greenkeeping offers. And I don't know if that is just the way you do it. I don't know if it's a financial thing and you have access to more if you will that allows you to concentrate on those finer details i don't know we might get to find that out a bit more but so sam you have gone from playing a lot of golf to doing a lot of greenkeeping and obviously become very successful at greenkeeping uh and at what age did you decide that you wanted to broaden your horizons and was Ohio State, your your first choice, or were you consider? Was there other options to consider? Um, so when I got into the industry, I was working uh, up at Flexton Golf Club um, in Trafford, and uh, Richie Stevens, who was the um, head greenkeeper there um, at that time, he was the first one that introduced me to the Ohio State program. He went on it. Um, and couldn't speak highly enough uh, of, of the experiences that he had. So um, that was the first time that it really came on my radar. Um, I was going through my MVQ level two um, while I was while I was over at Flixton, and then um, I spent I think I spent about probably six seven months, maybe a touch longer before I moved to Manchester Golf Club, which was my home club where I played all my golf. So it kind of made sense to move over there and and uh, work at a bigger golf club. And um, so I, I started working with Mark Jones uh, and the guys there. Um, and they they again recommended the, the Ohio State program. So at the age of like 21, um, I started really looking into it, got in contact with Michael Keith, who who runs the program, and, and we went from there, and the rest is history. <laughs> and Mark Jones, you mentioned him. I I would I would I was about to call him a friend of the pod, but he's probably a bit more than that now, three or four times he's been on. He's a maybe be even an injustice to call him a regular guest. He's probably gonna be venturing yeah. towards co-host uh, soon. And a <laughs> wonderful man he is and i'm sure he guided you well in those formative years of your greenkeeping so mr o'keefe 
I spoke with Mr. O'Keefe 20 odd years ago. I never ended up going on Ohio State. But he is, again, he is well known within the industry. He's very successful at what he does. And many, many, many hundreds of UK-based greenkeepers have gone through the programs. I'm sure it's into the thousands, let's be honest. Um, so for people, people, I'd like to try and get this out there, Sam, for people who might be, or it might be a useful tool for people considering Ohio State, but maybe this podcast would allow them to listen for, say, 45 minutes and learn a bit more than maybe having to exchange emails with Mr. O'Keefe or or re read something. I think certain generations like to listen rather than read nowadays. I apologise if people disagree with that. Um, so uh, talk us through it, Sam. Is it is it an application process? Is it a case of if you've got enough money, you can do it? Or do you still have to fit a certain criteria? Uh, it definitely costs money. Um, that's definitely an aspect of it. Um, you basically, from from what I remember doing it back in 2016, uh, maybe it's maybe it's changed a little bit since then. Uh, from what I remember, it was a case of putting your whole application together. Um, Michael sends you whatever needs to be filled out. Um, starting a, a resume, a CV, um, getting all that um, completed and sent off to Mike. Mike reviews it um, and and kind of, I think he has in his in his mind what kind of golf club he wants you to send send you to, depending on your experiences and your education level, um, and he will get in touch with those golf clubs, send your CV off to these places, and. Um, you 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 might you might speak to the superintendent there and kind of have a bit of an interview, um, and go from there. Um, and then it's a case of getting all your visa process started and going off for interviews down at the embassy, and and then and then eventually getting over to the states, hopefully. So so it's not it's not for the faint-hearted, is it? It's not a case of here's my two thousand pounds. Uh, just send me the ticket and tell me when I need to be at the airport. It's a long old process. And I guess it probably should be realistically uh, and it needs to be. And if you go, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to have the opportunity to apply for this and be accepted, I mean, the fact is it's going to hold you in very high regard within the industry. And if you go to Ohio state, and successfully complete your time there, you are more than likely looking to be coming back to the UK and probably applying for deputy positions at some top golf clubs and maybe some head greenkeeping positions at not less golf clubs, but maybe smaller golf clubs. Um, so, yeah. Sam, where did you end up? And talk us through the year to 18 months to two years that you experienced within Ohio State, and then we will... Obviously, I'm talking to you in America, so you're still there. We will learn what happened once you completed your time actually on the project. Yeah, so um, I, I even remember the day, March 28, 2016, um, came out to the States, had all my visa, went through all the visa process, um, all that kind of stuff. You fly out to 
Columbus, uh, do a, a do a day's orientation there, meet up, meet Mike and his team and um, a few other people from there, and then from there you fly out to all your different golf clubs. The, I think there was probably like forty interns or so in the year I came over, so we all spent the night with each other and got to know each other a little bit before we all went our separate ways. Uh, I flew to New Jersey. I went to Ridgewood Country Club up in Paramus. Um, prestigious golf club just about, I think it's probably about 40, 45 minutes outside of New York. Uh, you can actually see the skyline from some areas of the golf course, which is kind of cool. Um, they've held USGA events, uh, most recently US, US Amateur. Um, they did the US junior girls while I was there, which was which was a great experience. So um, while, while I was there, I got to experience doing the uh, US senior players over at Philly, Philly Cricket Club and the Barclays, which I think is now the Northern Trust over at Bethpage. Um, so I spent about six or seven months over in over in New Jersey, which which was great. It's it's hard work, um, but it, but it was a really really great experience. I think I think anyone who signs up for this, um, and I'm sure Mr. O'Keefe and, and anyone else you were in touch with during the process, Sam, I'm sure you were informed or warned that you know it's going to be long hours, but there, you know, you're there to work. Obviously life is about having fun and enjoying yourself but this is you know if you want to if you want to get on and make the most of this you're there to work and i think we all again maybe it's a misconception that everything in america in on the turf side of things you hear about these you know 14 16 hour days being a regular experience for assistant superintendents and and even you know what we would describe as an assistant in the UK uh, you know a uh, 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 one of the lower level greenkeeping positions um was it all and I, I don't want to I'm not trying to bring negative experiences out of you Sam but was there did you settle into that or was there a period of settling in thinking, Christ, I've come from the UK, all right, Manchester Golf Club, fantastic golf club, prestigious golf club, but more than likely on average a 40-hour week, one in two, one in three weekends. I would imagine you were thrown in at the reasonably deep end over there. How did you adjust to that? Um, from day one. I felt so out of my depth. It was, <laughs> it was like a walking on a different planet. It, it was completely different to what I was used to working with, um, uh, an eight-man team over at Manchester Golf Club. To walking into Ridgewood with thirty-five, forty guys. Um, Spanish-speaking guys. So it was. It was completely different. It was it was tough, um, and and you, you take some time to to adjust and acclimatize yourself. Um, it takes takes a few weeks, if not a couple of months, to 
really settle in um, until you until you get an idea of hey this is what this is the expectations um, this is the deal this is what you do and yeah Michael Keith does warn you before hey you you've got you've got to be willing to be working 12 13 14 hour days because that's what you're going to be doing you're going to be doing it seven days a week um so you you know you're going to be doing it but having never experienced that before uh, it's like getting hit by a train um it, it so I, I know a couple of guys that that, that ended up cut, cutting it short and um and couldn't really get through that first couple of months and, and ended up going back home. Um but like I said, after after two or three months you you really you really settled into it and, and, and you kind of get the idea of this is how it's done. Um and you, you settle in. I think I think you probably have to be a certain personality type and i know last week when we spoke off air sam you you described the um, i believe you the, the the head the chief mechanic the workshop manager at your current place of employment who's been going full bore for the best part of 15 years and and for me i'm not sure if i'm designed to go full throttle for my whole career but i am and this is something I've learned in my recovery from, from, well, dealing with my alcoholism, but six years sober, I have learned that I have learned to, to get myself into a position where I can work at high levels of intensity for sustained periods of time. But for me, knowing that that will ease off allows me, I, I don't work too well when I, if, if someone says to me, you just got to go seven days a week, Stu, and that's just how it is. If there's no end goal for me, I struggle. Yeah. Um, for you, how did you cope? Were you able to slip into that? All right, it's taken me eight weeks, but I am only here for a year to 18 months and I will, yeah. will benefit me. Yeah, it, it is. It is purely mental it really is um I, I think physically you know yeah it is physical work um hammering greens etc um but i think it's more of the mental aspect that people really struggle with you you've really got to go in there with a strong mindset of hey um this is probably not going to be forever um it's, it's a great opportunity um yeah. to make the most of it um i i i i was in the mindset of hey once i do finish work i've because i was living on site i was i was the ad accommodation in in the shop like i i i stayed i stayed there uh i had to get out i had to get off property yeah whether it's just going out for dinner, or, or just going going for a drink, or doing doing whatever you have to do, um, just to see see something different. Um, I, I spent I spent a lot of time going to New York and 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 places just on on a weekend if if I if I managed to get um, an afternoon off on the weekend or something, get out go and explore, go and do stuff because yeah, I think it's I think it's really, really helpful with with just the mind and, and kind of just getting away from the golf course a little bit because if you don't, then you are 
on the golf course for 24 hours a day yeah and you're not seeing you're not seeing the outside and i think nowadays i mean i i, I went i went traveling 20 or oh, 19 uh, 2001 so a long time ago but I, I went over to australia as a young man i was probably a bit too young to go on my own if i'm honest and things like what we're doing now talking on zoom skype wasn't really available then um i remember them and sending letters home in the old airmail envelopes and then you'd wait six weeks to get the um but hints and tips if you've got friends and family staying i know there's a time zone difference but would did you make a conscious effort to stay in touch with people back home did that make it easier or, or is, that, is that not really your jive yeah no with technology nowadays it's it's so easy yeah um, to hop on a zoom call or a facetime or something like that so yeah it's it's probably a lot easier than than what you experienced over in australia yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah i was lost at the bottom of a pint glass for six months anyway <laughs> um, so let's let's i don't want to i don't want to not talk about ohio state but i think you've touched on it sam and i want to move this forward a bit to the fact that one of the the huge opportunities that became available for you and i'd like to know more about it you actually were fortunate enough to stay in the states you're currently working at merriam which i think you said the other day is is it top five in the country top 10 uh, top 20 I, in the world i think it's i think it's like six in the u.s um and 12th in the world something wow. like that so so i mean the the pinnacle of golf the pinnacle of greenkeeping how did you sam because we uh, i think and again we discussed this off air for a lot of people thinking about traveling to america you probably type into google it comes up with these dreaded words green card and then you look into green card and all of a sudden you're going to look into that and think that looks like too much hard work that looks like yeah. limited numbers almost a bit of a lottery the qualification criteria seems crazy but but you managed it sam so tell us how that came about and then and then let's go on and have a chat about your experience working at the fantastic place that is marion um so after my seven months six or seven months over in new jersey uh you you do you do a month up north and a month down south um six months up north and six months down south typically so michael keith sent me down to hilton head island in south carolina um to work at to work at sea pines um everyone will kind of know it um as harbor town um so they have three golf courses there. So I was I was stationed on them. Um, did the tournament and everything. While I was down there, I met my wife now, um, and we kind of um, did a bit of long distance. Once once I had to go home after the six months, um, we we kind of toed and froed over the Atlantic for uh, a good little while. So and then we were kind of trying to figure out of like where how do we how do we go about this now and um what what are we gonna do? So I ended up signing up for the two year uh, turf management program up at Rockers. Um so I got to come back over to the States on a different visa. I came back on a student visa rather than an internship visa. Um 
similar was, kind of process. That, was that easy, is that a visa that's easily accessible? Did your previous time in the States benefit you when applying for that visa, Sam? Uh, I don't think it necessarily benefited me. Um, it benefited me through the experiences that I'd already had. Yeah. Get, get, getting a visa and kind of going down to the embassy and knowing what to say. Um, but it was, a yeah. it was a fresh application, the other visa. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That was all done through Rockers. They, they guide you through the process and everything. Um, so it was very, very similar. Yeah, kind of process to go through, um, sending off tons and tons of paperwork, and and then going speaking to an immigration officer is pretty much the process. Like, um, so yeah, so I, I came over, I came over for the for the first the first term, and then you go go back to the UK for an internship. So I went back to Manchester Golf Club. Um, did the summer there and then I came back again in the winter. Um, so during before I left, before I was supposed to leave, um, to come back, I ended up getting married. Um, all my family came over and everything, so we had we had a good do. Um, and then went through the green card process. So got myself got got myself a lawyer. An immigration lawyer who, who really dealt with pretty much everything. Um, it, it makes the, the whole process a hell of a lot easier um, going through. Then I, I didn't I didn't want the responsibility of <laughs> filling out a piece of paper that I shouldn't have been filling out or something or missing a piece of paper. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, we did we did it that way. Okay, and so so you you do your you you do your internship. You end up with a a recognised qualification in turf grass management from a very highly esteemed American. Uh, I guess we we call it a university in the UK. Um, yeah. And you end up gaining a job. I don't think probably there's no point discussing how you got the job at at Merriam because you know. That might be another podcast, Sam, but you end up at Marion. And what position do you start at Marion in? So 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 talk us through because you you're currently what position do you currently hold? Uh so I'm currently a senior assistant superintendent. I, I've been there for about four and a half years now. Uh, I I started as an AIT, an assistant in training. Okay. Um, so doing all the, the spraying and all that kind of stuff and then and then moved into more of a managerial role of um scheduling and moving people around and, and, and getting getting things done that needs to get done yeah so how it's it's probably a i don't think it's an unfair question but and it's certainly not a loaded question sam but it's from what me and you have discussed again off air, but we're going to bring it to the air now. Um, it sounds to me from from discussing that it it it's almost tournament prep fifty two weeks of the year for for me over here. I know getting ready for the club champs at Westgate and Birchington. It's the only week I really get a sweat on in the UK. It's the only <laughs> week I would say we really get busy. But you're running crews of 30, 40, 50 people. 
seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year, really. And that's when you haven't got a major televised tournament on the schedule, isn't it? It's bananas, isn't it? Yeah, so obviously summer is a lot different to the winter. Uh, you've got from pretty much from April to, say, November, around Thanksgiving time, um, yeah. where you'll have most of you guys. So you, you, East Coast, you, you're looking at kind of between 35 to 40 people, um, about 20 Mexicans, so a lot of Spanish speakers. Um, so translation and things gets 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 kind of tough. Um, and then in the winter, once once the H2B guys, they leave, they go back to Mexico um, and, and we go, go down to a winter staff. Um, East Coast closes from December through March. April time, somewhere around there. So that's that's closed to golf. So that's when we'll get um, any winter projects and everything done without being menaced by golfers. <laughs> Which I guess some 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 people in the UK would love that opportunity to close down. So, um, before we move on to the fact that you you are leaving the turf industry, Sam, and like I said at the start, it's not a it's not a negative reason. You're you're going to try something completely different and we'll get to that but just talk us through your time these these last four years um talk to us about some of the really positive experiences but there is obviously and i hate using the word negative but there will be reasons why you have decided to make a change from turf and i assume it's probably a lot to do with the hours that you need to put in but talk us through some of the highs, and if lows is the word I have to use, talk us through some of the lows, if you don't mind, Sam. Uh, yeah, it's working at Marion's. It's it's tough during the summer, um, but we we did the we did we had, we held the Curtis Cup last year, which is a televised uh, women's event, women's amateur. It's kind of like the Walker Cup for for women, I think. Something like that. Um, it's GBL so, versus America, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a great experience to to see golf course transform and see thousands of people walking walking around, walking through the rough and everything. And you got you got crane TV cranes up and 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 stuff like that. It's it's obviously not on the scale of a PGA Tour event or a, or a USGA event or anything like that, um, but it was it was a really really cool experience to to just to see all your work culminate into hey this is where we're at and, and we're producing we're producing really good conditions um, and and everybody was happy so by the sounds of it so it was it that was. That was probably my high from from my my time over in Marion, um, and and then and then they, it it also brings a lot of hours, which yes, is, which is, which is it's what you sign up for. Um, you you kind of you kind of get it. You you understand that when you when you come to work at a place 
of that prestige, then you're expected to work yeah. the hours and the hours that need to need to be done. So you go in with your eyes wide open, you you under you understand what what the deal is. Um but it it, it can get tough. Middle of middle of summer when when you're racing around with a hose and um, trying to keep everything alive, as as well as the, as 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 managing thirty five forty people, um, it can it can get tough. It's it's more of a, it's more of a mental side. I, 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 most of it's all mental. It's physically, you're fine. Um, it's it's it can just tire you out mentally. Um, and, and then once, once you get to day twelve, and you know, and you know, you get in the weekend off, you're like, right, this is, this is great. But then when you come back in on day one, day two, it, it can be, it can be quite daunting. And um, oh my god, is this, is this twelve days ever gonna come round again? I think, I think it's hard, and it's hard for for people to explain who aren't in the turf industry. When when you explain or when I explain to someone that I work I do I do every other weekend, but I don't have days off in the week when my weekend's coming up. And yeah. although I may be home by eight thirty nine in the morning on that Saturday and the Sunday, realistically it's twelve on two off all year, and that twelve on two off. If it's a busy 12 on, which it normally is because it's bloody golf course management, is that first Saturday off is you're just getting out of zombie phase. Yeah. And as you and the middle of Sunday, as you start to feel human again, if you're predisposed to a bit of not mental fragility, but like most, it's only natural that your mind will wander back to work. So and if you let it, that Sunday afternoon can not being negative, but that yeah. can almost become work because a man in your position at a highly prestigious golf club is probably thinking, right, I've got, I've, you know, I've got to get my guys and I've got to get my machines and is this bother? So, so that weekend, that those two off aren't two off. And it is, you know, you've talked about the winter in your clothes, but you're, you're still working. Um, let's move to, so, so let's discuss the fact that You've decided to leave the turf industry, Sam. You're going to go and sell properties. You've got your—is it a real estate license that you've you've now you've become a qualified? I don't know. In the UK, would we call you an estate? Yeah, yeah. Am I, yeah. Am I, yeah. Is that horrible? Yeah, pretty, way much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, but in a good uh, way. Nothing against being an estate agent. Uh, I just don't yeah. know how to say it. Do they call it a real, real, realtor? Realtor. Realtor. Yeah. It's not a word yeah. that comes easily off the English tongue. Um, what I want to ask, Sam, is because I was just thinking, I wrote a few notes before we came on air, and I thought, I just want to pose a couple of interesting questions, and I hope you don't mind me asking them. So for me, I'm thinking, you've obviously had a moment of a very moment of clarity. You've decided you want to make a, a clean break from, from turf, but I want to know, were you tempted to think about in a sports sense, if you will, dropping down the divisions a little, maybe staying in turf, but moving somewhere where the pace of play and the pace of life might have been a little bit easier? Or have you come to the decision that 
I want to try something new and I can always come back to turf if I miss it. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I think it's it's time for me now just to um, try something new. I've, I've, Hey, I, I came out of college and I, and I started working on a golf course and that's all I've ever done. So um, I don't think there's many people out there that can turn around and say, hey, I've only ever had one job, um, not even like a paper round or anything like that. So um, it's, it's, it's now you, time. It's all you know is. I have, I have only ever, ever worked on a golf course. It's all I know. So it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system. Um, it's going to take some adjusting. Um, but it, it's, it's time now. Uh, I'm 29. So if, if I feel like if I don't do it now, um, it's, it's never going to happen. So, hey, try it now. Give it a go. And if it gets to a point where I miss the golf course and I feel like I want to go back into it, then then I know that um, I've 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 got pretty good experiences to to go back in and 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 find some something suitable. Because you've got because I mean you 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 leave the industry not for good, possibly for good, but you leave the industry in a strong position with a strong CV resume, as I guess you, you would call it over there. And um, probably in a re in a very strong position to, to, to manage a, a golf course, you know, as the superintendent, um, you're going to go and become a self-employed contractor. Aren't you? So it's not, there's going to be no, you're probably not taking your foot off the gas hours wise. Um, yeah. I think, one thing, and again, I might be wrong. I don't. I, I have no experience of of selling property, but I know for me, what I have found. I'm forty three. I'm forty four in a couple of weeks' time, and I am not struggling. But I'm starting to really appreciate the weekends. I don't go to work. I am appreciating not having to get up so early it's something i've always been good at and if i'm honest in the summer if i can get up at 3 30 and get things done ahead of golf i'd rather work that way but is that are you looking forward to that sam is that a silly question uh like, like you said I, I don't plan on taking the foot off the gas i just plan on redirecting it um so it's it, the plan is to go all all guns blazing um, and, and see where see where it goes, see where it takes me. So as for getting up early and things like that, I, I plan on to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and but yeah, it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice to manage my own schedule um, and 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 kind of have a little bit more freedom of. Um, how I conduct my business and and, and how and when, um, rather than be being like, hey, you got to be at the golf course at this time, and you're probably going to be there till this time. So it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be nice just to have have some flexibility and some freedom to manage my own schedule. I think that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and I think that's it for a lot of people, isn't it? And like you say, at, at 29, um, the reality is that if you're not careful, and I'm not 
I'm not speaking from experience here. I don't want to be, sound like some old duffer talking to a, a younger man. But at 29, if you're not careful, you'll be 35 and thinking, I should have done Same. it. And then if you're not <laughs> careful, you're bloody my age and you think I, I should have done it. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, will there be more opportunity for golf, do you think, now? Uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe maybe conducting some business on the golf course uh, rather than cutting greens. So excellent. excellent. Well, that would be that would be nice. I think Sam, what um what's been really good, and and I I I I won't put this out as a video. I don't really do this as a YouTube video anymore. But but I've been chatting to you, and we've held this whole conversation, and you've talked very positively with a smile on your face about your experience in turf. And like I said at the start of this podcast, it wasn't going to be, although Sam has decided to leave the industry, it's not a podcast about why Sam has decided to leave. And he's, it's not, I've left because I don't want to do it anymore. And I've had a terrible experience. It's actually quite the opposite. Yeah. It seems to me that you've thoroughly enjoyed your time. You've had a great experience. You've made, You've had these great opportunities, but the fact is you've made those for yourself. You've kind of cut your own furrow, plowed, you know, plowed. It's it's not fluke. You, you've gone out there and earned these opportunities. And um, although you're leaving Turf, Sam, would you be able, would you be kind enough to offer, not words of wisdom, that's a silly way of putting it, but if you had any advice for a youngster who might be little youngster, what a silly thing to say, a, anyone who might be considering the Ohio State project, any words of advice for someone who might be sitting there thinking, I like the idea of it, but, you know, and they've got some niggles, maybe, or oh, if it's going to cost me a few quid, but what would you say to that person? Uh, it's, it's, it's all an investment in yourself, really. The, the, yeah, it might cost a little bit to get over here and, and, and kind of participate in the programme, but it's it's an investment in, in your future and it's the best investment I ever made. Um, it's, yeah, it's hard work, but the experiences that you, that you get and the people that you meet um, from going through the programme is really it, it, it's it's a once in a lifetime opportunity it really is um so i i'd recommend to anybody that is on the fence um just to at least contact contact me or contact somebody that's been on the program and uh, and talk it out because i i'm i'm i i don't think i've met i don't think i've met somebody that has been on the program and regretted it. Um, I think everybody that I've ever spoken to has always spoke of it in high regard. Um, and, 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 and just personal and professional experience from living in a foreign country by yourself for, for a period of time, it's, it's, it's great experience. I have to say that as a as a young person, I kind of regret not doing. It. I was at the wrong. I was at the wrong stage of my. I I wasn't grown up enough. Um, I was at the wrong stage when I when I looked to do it. Um, but 
I myself have worked with, I spent a bit of time working at the Wisley only for six months, but I think the time I was there, they had three guys on the staff, two, two, two Scottish brothers and, and another English guy who had, all three of them had completed the program and couldn't speak highly enough. And me being the quite inquisitive type I was, I used to sort of prod and poke them and say, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, but come on, give me the downsides. And they were honest and yeah. they they were they were all honest and they only spoke positively and from three or four other people who I've come across in the industry who have been an experienced person, every single person has said exactly what you said, Sam. I, I have never met or spoke to someone who's been on a, a Ohio State and come away with a negative experience, which I think probably says says it, you know, says a lot about it. Sam, we've come up to the 45-minute mark, and that's normally where I kind of aim to pitch these things. I always give the guest um, an opportunity to not have the final words, but if if there's anything that I haven't offered you the opportunity to speak about, um, or if there's anything you'd just like to sort of discuss before we wrap it up, I'll, I'll hand the the mic over to you, and and then we will um, we, we will call it a day, mate. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to say... Uh... The, the experiences that I made, like I've just said, were some of the best experiences in my life. Um, and and I've been very fortunate to meet some really, really great people um, over here, people that are in the in, that have been in the industry for a long time. Um, and and they really show a love and a passion for greenkeeping and, and and the turf industry um and, and i think that's what you what you really need you really need to to love the job um like you like you touched on um our mechanic over at, over at marion um i i'll tell you the story i i spoke to him um uh, maybe maybe like august time last year and i, I said to him robert you've been here for 14 15 years going at it, done numerous USGA events. Um like how how do you do it? How do you how do you just keep doing it? Well why don't you take a take a take a lower level golf club and and kind of take it a bit easier. And he, he just says you've got to love your job. You you've really got to love your job and and, and he really does. So I think that's 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 how it gets you through. That's how you get through the long hours and things like that. So um, that's what I'll leave you with. But yeah, I I I, I have a passion for it, and I, 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 I and I like the job and everything. It's, it's great. Um, and like I say, I've met I've met a lot of, a lot of really really good people. I work work with a lot of good people. Um, but I think it's time for. For, for a change for a while. And a change is not a bad thing, uh, not a bad thing at all. Sam, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to, to fit me and the podcast in. I'll just say thank you for being a wonderful guest on Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. Thanks.